Today's sermon is entitled, The Mothers Who Protect Us. The Mothers Who Protect Us. It's going to be Hebrews eleven twenty three. I want you to see, look at that eye, look at that look. Every mother, every woman should be able to understand that look. Uh, and the child in her arms, the look of suspicion, that look of, um, uh, I need to be on guard. And if you notice, she's looking in, off to the left, there are these um, Egyptian soldiers with spears and swords uh, who seem to be there uh, unwanted. And uh, she is ready to protect her child, hmm, the mothers who protect us. So today, I wanted to focus on an aspect of motherhood that's different from childbearing. Um, I want to focus on, you know, something more than just you say, well, mothers, you know, do you have a child? And you think, well, I don't have a child, so you're not a mother. Well, there's more to being a mother than just having a child. Um, what else is motherhood besides having children? And I've picked a specific aspect today uh, that deals with protection. But after today's sermon, you may discover uh, that you indeed can be called a mother too, without even having your own children. So you're going to learn some things today that are going to help you understand where you fit as a woman in the scope of understanding motherhood. Mothers don't always have children, but mothers are always women. I'll say that again. Let me slow it down. Let me type it in for you. Mothers don't always have children, but mothers are always women. So I want to make sure that you understand we're not just talking about mothers with children. We're talking about women as mothers. Ah, feel them already. Uh, let me start with the importance of what we call a matron of honor. Have you ever heard of a matron of honor? Well, the term a matron is matrons from the root of mater, which means mother, the feminine word for mother, uh, or matriarch. Uh, so this matron of honor means a married woman. Watch this now. That this matron of honor is usually considered a married woman. All right. So the notion, watch this now, the notion of being married and part of a family carries with it experience and maturity. So a matron, watch this, just means that she's a mother, she's married. Now, being married gives you the scope of experience and maturity uh, different from a single woman. Oh, God. Uh, their dynamics in a marriage 
that single people don't know about. There are dynamics in a family where you have your own children or other children or people that are staying in your house. The dynamics change significantly. Watch this now. This is why you would have a matron of honor at your wedding. Listen to this. She is supposed, she is supposed to be a mature, experienced, married woman who is flanking your side so as to guide you and instruct the newly married on their journey. The matron is there to provide sufficient help, support, and guidance based on her experience. Listen to what I'm saying. A matron of honor is not standing at the wedding there to teach you how to have a baby. No. So motherhood or a matron must be more than having a baby. The matron of honor isn't standing there saying, I'll teach you, I'll show you how to give birth to a child. Although that may be part of it, a matron stands because she has a scope of wisdom that goes beyond the normalcy of an individual person. So you have to understand then that this 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 matron knows how to live life with another person and with people. Uh, it seems to suggest that the more you live life with others, the more you experience interdependence with other people, the greater level of maturity and wisdom you experience, is, and, experience and it elevates you to another status. Watch this now. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing, and they have favor with God and man. So when you complete your nuptials, you become unified, you gain a different level of favor. Now, I know some of you may have, well, I didn't have a matron of honor. That's okay. You have a maid of honor. Many of you have a maid of honor. That's what was my maid of honor, maid of, maid of honor, maid of honor, and your best man. Well, the maid of honor simply means she's not married. The maid of honor is supposed to, I'm just giving you the book. I'm giving you the facts. The maid of honor technically is a person who is not married. So you've heard people say, this is colloquial, you an old maid, mean you're an old maid, you haven't married yet. So when you have a maid of honor, it means that she's not married. And what this means is that we call her a maid of honor because she's not experienced to the degree of a matron of honor. Ah, this is good. So you can have both a matron of honor and a maid of honor. So if you want your best friend who ain't got no experience and you want her to be up there, just let her be the maid of honor, but put you flank your marriage with somebody who is mature. And, and ooh, this is a side, this ain't in my notes, but married couples ought to have uh, people in their life who are married and have experience. All your friends can't be divorced. Somebody's got to know how to hang in there. Somebody's got to know how to hold on. Somebody's got to know what to do when we have trouble. You've got to find these couples. They are out there. There's a few left. Uh, <laughs> been married for 40, 50, 30, 60 years. They have great wisdom. 
Now, don't be sorrowful if you're made, you're single. Don't worry. This, I, I got you. We're going to be okay. So with this experience comes, now listen to this. With this experience comes a level of what I call protection power. So this matron who has wisdom and experience develops a level of protection. I'll say it again. A matron who is a woman who experiences living with people or a husband who exists in a family gains wisdom and experience which elevates their level or heightens their intuitiveness when it comes to protection. A wisdom that protects things that matter. Watch this now. So the matron, ah, God, this is good. A matron is a mother, a woman who cares for other people. And mostly we say a mother cares for her children. What? A mother, a woman can care for her husband. She can care for who's in her household. And that wisdom becomes protection because protection is about caring about things and people that matter. Isn't that what family is? Protecting the people that matter? And one thing we know for sure is under siege, that is the family. The family is a target for the enemy of darkness. But more importantly than just the family, we know that there is a siege against men. Ah, God, not just men, but husbands, sons, fathers. There is a siege to destroy families by destroying husbands, by destroying fathers. By destroying sons. Where do you get that from, PC? This is not new. Why do you say that? Women have been protecting men as far back as the Old Testament. Way back in ancient history, in the ancient Middle East, Women have had to be protectors of husbands, fathers, and sons. Look at this. Let me show you this. Exodus 1 and 22 says, So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river. And this ain't for swimming, y'all. This is for kill him. Every son who is born, you shall cast into the river. Now watch this phrase. I thought this was interesting. And every daughter you shall save alive. So there's clearly a distinction between what we want to do with the male child versus what we want to do with the daughter. So even back then, Pharaoh saw men as a threat to his kingdom. Hmm. 
The thought is anything that is a threat, let's get rid of it. Hmm. So men have been considered to be a threat. Is that not the present day cancel culture? where we want to get rid of anything that threatens us. So successful people, uh, prominent people, upfront people who are doing well, what's the first thing a lot of people do? They try to dig up dirt on them because anybody who's making positive moves, a lot of times somebody wants to destroy them. I'm going to focus today, more importantly, on men, because if you don't see the need for the protection of men, especially men of color, you are missing the times of this era. So look at, if you look at Exodus 1 and 22, we understand then that mothers have got to become protectors because with edicts or commands coming out that every son uh, who is born should be cast into the river, uh, somebody got to be on protect mode, amen? Who, who's on watch? Who's on watch in your house? And what I've come to learn is that mothers have this calling on their lives. And so what I'm saying is women, matron, not just women who carry children, but women, matron, mater, mother, matriarch, has the calling on their lives to protect those they care for. How so never? There are a number of mothers or women who are not protecting their boys, but rather they are exposing their boys because of hatred for their past relationships. That's all right, hide your toes. I'm coming down the aisle and I might step on a bunion or two. Uh, there have been women who have treated their sons badly because their sons represent their father. And God help a son who looks just like his daddy or acts just like his daddy. If the mama don't like the daddy, it's likely she won't like the son. Son, they can't see past their hurt. They can't see heaven past their hell. They can't see the future beyond their fears. The Bible said from the text, it said, throw the boys in the river, but save the girls. Oh, so women are going to be saved. Ah, so they have a different level of protection. How soever women die different deaths than men. Ah, God. Women may be protected from a physical death to a higher degree than men, but women die deaths daily. Ah, watch this now. 
Men physically cease and die. They are sought to be removed. I want you to get this now. Men are sought to be removed, shut down, destroyed. Watch this now. But women are sought to be silenced. Ah, God. We're not trying to destroy you, girl. We just want you to shut up and be quiet. They are told not to speak. They are told not to dream. They are told not to be powerful figures. Women die a thousand deaths a day while men celebrate when one good thing happens in a day. Now, men don't understand the silent funerals women endure daily in their emotions and their psyche with the level of stress and disenfranchisement and injustices that they live with on a daily basis. It's not equal to the physical death, but it's a death nonetheless. So forgive our mother's when they aren't as excited as you men. Men want to celebrate. Let's have a beer. They just had a good day at work. And mothers, oftentimes, they're not, they're not that jovial. You know why? Because they're just finishing closing a casket on something they're feeling in their emotions. Women are dealing with their extra weight or how they're being perceived at work or being silenced and overlooked by a promotion that they know they deserved. They're degreed and qualified, but they are not allowed to, to, to matriculate in places where they should. And so she's dealing with all of these issues and you, man, come home, want to have a cigar, beer, watch TV and say, why don't you celebrate me, woman? She's doing the best she can because she's dying a thousand deaths that you aren't aware of. Women are safe. Men are not. Women are safe. Men are not. Well, then what does that mean? Women are safe so they can protect Women are protected so they can protect. Ah, it's coming together. Ah, allow me to just escribe, to write upon the wall. It is not their duty. It is not their task. It is not the woman's responsibility. It is her calling. Ah, and if you don't see it as that woman, you will find little impact in your efforts to help. So in today's lesson, I want to look at a mother who perfectly fits this description. I don't want you to see today's sermon so much from the perspective of you being a mother as much as you having a mother. I'll say that again. I don't want you to see this sermon from the perspective of you being a mother. I want you to see it from you having a mother. And every woman online has a mother. Come on, PC. I want to talk today about a woman named Jochebed. Jochebed is the English pronunciation of it. The Hebrew would be Yochved. Yochved. 
And it means Jehovah is glory. Ah, God. Her name means God is glory. The Bible talks about a woman's hair being her glory. That a woman, I feel him, a woman reflects the glory of God. What is God's glory? God's glory is his shine, his heaviness, his kavod, his weight, his ability to be present. So I want to talk today about this woman named Jochebed. And for that, I've got to go to Hebrews 11 and 23. Hook up the train, PC. Watch this now. The text says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Let's read it again, slowly. By faith, Moses, when he was born, remember, born children, born boys, was hidden three months by his parents, hidden, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. We saw that in Exodus 1, 22. So in this case, Jochebed's name isn't mentioned directly, but we know who Moses' mother was. Moses' mother was Jochebed. Scripture tells us that she is the mother of Moses. And as we have already read in Exodus 1.22, Pharaoh had issued an edict directing his men to kill all the male children, the boys that were born, to specifically throw them in the river. Don't you remember the story of Moses' mom in the river? This will have significance later because the river he was to die in was the river he was saved in. Ah, God, I feel him. Pharaoh saw, watch this now, Pharaoh saw the babies as threats. He saw the boys. Remember, God, you come on, come on, stay with me. He saw the boys. He saw the potential of boys becoming men. Come on, boys to men. He saw the potential of boys being men as being threats, that they could become a retaliatory army, that they could be stronger than his men and his kingdom. So to keep from being taken over, oh God, if you don't see this in today's society, you're missing life, to keep the men from taking over the dominant strain of leaders, they said, kill them, throw them in the river. He says, you don't, if you don't have enough for an army to retaliate now, just have enough babies and you might be able to retaliate later. So, so y'all don't do it later. Let's kill them early. In other words, we don't want to kill. It's harder to kill grown men than it is to kill children. Uh, God, this is going to get gory. Some believe that there are real efforts 
that have been made to diminish an entire race. Ah, God. Or to practice extinction of a particular culture or other conspiracy theories of elimination of races. How and why? By not allowing them to breed more. Ah, God, if you knew the stories of slavery and the things that were done to women and men to control the rate of birth of children. Ah. So in this case, what better person to protect a child, ah, God, uh, but her mother? Uh, So the target is the young boy, and it is mothers who are often closest to the boy, which makes them better positioned to protect the boy. Well, what about the girls, PC? Well, we already saw the girls shall be saved. Ain't nobody bothering you. Ain't nobody trying to kill you. And large, largely because men, you know, want women around. And I won't go any further. Uh, but, you you know, she, the mother then has to do double duty to try to protect her child. And Jochebed decided to protect her son in spite of what the law said. So on this Mother's Day, I'd like to talk about the mothers who protect us. Ah, come on. (laughs) We need mothers who are willing to keep things that are destined to be killed alive. I'll say it again. We need mothers, a strain of mothers who are willing to accept their calling to keep things that are destined to die alive. Unfortunately, Some mothers are committed, they're more committed to killing things than sustaining people. And that's why this sermon needs to be heralded as a reminder to women that your job, that your calling is to keep things alive, not kill them. Mothers have the power eh, to keep a thing breathing. Ah, God. Just think of the embryo. Think of the child in the womb. He lives, she breathes because of an umbilical cord. She lives, he lives in the womb because of what the mother is able to provide. So even from the beginning, the mother is protecting. Ah, but unfortunately... That could apply to toxicity as well. Because women have the ability to keep something alive, women sometimes keep things alive that shouldn't be alive. Remember, the goal is to protect the thing that matters. It is to identify the sun that should live. In other words, focus on what you should be keeping alive, not fighting and destroying things that don't even matter preaching PC, a woman can resuscitate as well as masticate. They have the power to implicate as well as to exonerate. A woman is one of the most powerful beings on earth. Come on, women. But with power, talking to you, talking to you ladies, 
but with power comes responsibility. So what can we learn that is responsible from the mothers who protect us, especially her sons? I'm glad you asked. Point number one. The mother learns to perceive. The text says, by faith, the parents, the mother, Jochebed, saw that Moses was a beautiful child and perhaps decided he was worth saving. So I want you to see that. She perceived, she knew, she saw that he was a beautiful child, but she was able to recognize that by faith. It's by faith she was able to perceive. So what I want to intimate is that the mother who protects has the power to perceive differently than others. Uh, Watch this. And why can she do that? Because she has experience and maturity at mothering a husband or mothering a family or being a woman in a um, connection of relationships with people that are called family. So she gains this insight to protect. She has to be able to perceive. In order to protect, you have to be able to know and perceive things that others can't. I often told the story about how you can be at your house or have the kids outside playing in the backyard and you hear a scream from the kids and you can perceive which one is yours and you don't even see him. You can tell things. You, you've you picked up the phone and you've called your child and you say, are you all right? You perceive uh, something. So we notice that these actions were done by Faith, the text said, by faith, she was able to see that he was a beautiful child. And we notice that these actions were done by faith and faith increases perception. So the more I preach to you, the more you experience God, the more you grow in faith, the greater your perception. Ah. People with discernment are able to know things without you telling them because they have a deepened faith with God that heightens their perception with you. Now, they have a deepened faith with God that heightens their perception with you. So watch this now. Faith enables the viewer to see the unusual. If it's a faith, it will be unusual. So Jochebed looked at Moses and said, son, you are unusual. Now I'm talking about mothers who have looked at you and said, daughter, son, you are unusual. It's much like what we call instinct. Somebody say instinct. Mothers who protect 
see things in you that you can't and others can't. You go to that mirror as a child every day looking in that mirror and you're not able to discern who you are rightfully. And many times your mother is the one who tells you, no, don't go there. No, you can't go out tonight. No, you can't. Not because she wants to shut down your groove. It's because she perceives your level of immaturity and your lack of sophistication to be able to handle certain things in the realm of the 16-year-old-ish, 18-year-old-ish, 21-year-old-ish highlight of the world. So they saw, the text said, that the parents saw he was a beautiful child. Child. The truth is, the more beautiful you are, God, I wish I had time the more of a target you become. Ah, God. I've got a song coming out called Cancel Culture, and it talks about how people can't handle your flashing lights. Uh, Your flashing lights are your beauty. In other words, you shine. What is Jochebed's name? Jehovah is glory. And so the glory on her life often transfers to the glory, the glory to the child. And so she was a able to recognize something special about this boy. Remember, it was Jacob who recognized the specialness of Joseph and gave him the coat of many colors. What I'm trying to get you to see is that it's the beautiful ones, help me Prince, it's the beautiful ones who often stand out and become targets. It's the one with the coat of many colors. It's the one, the, the, the coat of many colors, Joseph, his brother's threw him in the pit and sold him to Egypt. I'm telling you, you can get in trouble for being beautiful. So not only is there a target on my back as a son to be thrown in the river, if I happen to be cute, if I happen to be adorable, or if I happen to show promise, I'm a double target. I'm going to let that sit there for a minute. Hold. It is the beautiful ones that are in more visible trouble, not more trouble. It's not that you're in more trouble. It's that you're in more visible, targeted trouble. Ah, God, and sometimes for us African-American men, it is the color of our skin that creates the target. Uh, If I looked like everybody else, it might not be as bad. But as soon as you see my color, and my color is my beauty, uh, then you will feel like this color is not yours and could possibly be a threat. So the response is as old as Pharaoh, way back then, get rid of them. How? Mama saw something in Moses that made her instinctively know, perceive, and think, "Uh uh-oh, my boy is in trouble. Mothers shouldn't just be, oh, hi, coochie, coochie, woochie, coochie, little booty, coochie, doody. Should not just be enamored with the beauty. You should be able to understand that with beauty, comes a target and the mother's role must kick in to protect the promise of potential. Pharaoh had already issued an edict that the work 
that worked against her son, she said, the, the, the command was out there, kill every son. She was like, I ain't going to get my boy. Think of the many laws and the rules that are already in place to keep your son from succeeding. Think of all the laws that are changing to keep people of color from voting, from education rights, from work rights. Oh my God, if you can't see this. In most cases, a child isn't sophisticated enough to protect him or herself. Unfortunately, that is true of grown men as well because some grown men refuse to grow up or to uh, mature and fully develop. And it is a fact that women mature quicker than most men. And while women should be able to focus on their children, they have to raise adult men as well. Because sometimes a grown man lacks the sophistication to know that when he goes out into the world, he's a live walking target. And mama, sweetheart, spouse, wifey, poo, has to warn you and remind you, you're a man of potential. You're a man who has promise. And I need you to mature to know that yourself so I can focus on these young ones who don't know this. That's perception. We need mothers who protect us because they can perceive what we can't. Secondly, conceal. Perceive, conceal. Once a mother perceives something special in you, she kicks into the conceal mode. The text said in Hebrews 10, 3, he was hidden three months. The mama, to keep her son from being thrown in the river, hid her son three months. He was hid three months by his parents. Once a mother knows her child is in danger, I'm going to show you what she looked like. Her arsenal goes into something like this. She becomes the master of disguises. Mama becomes interested in camouflages. Mama is excellent at cover-ups. She knows how to bury you above ground. She knows how to keep you stealth and invisible. She knows what sheltering in place is. She digs ditches for you and trenches for you to hide. She'll put you in a hole if she has to. To keep them from getting you. She's a master at hideouts and hideaways. Oh, she's good at smuggling. You ever had mama put you in the brow of her big coat and walk you by somewhere on the side? Or put you inside on her side when you're small enough? She knows about secrecy. Mamas know about privacy. She knows how to keep information to herself. She knows when somebody is asking too many questions about her children and she shuts it down. 
She said, oh, that ain't important. So what's going on with you over there? Mama knows how to protect. God, I wish I had some mamas who know their mama protected them, who kept them and camouflaged them and put them in disguises. And in other words, instead of buying you the hot new outfit you wanted so you could stand out at school, she brought you the, she bought you the hand-me-down, the secondhand store stuff so you could just fit in because she already knew if you're a person of color and you stand out, you're going to be a target. Mama want the best for you. So she looks at you. She understands your promise and she goes into conceal mode. Conceal me, mama. Conceal me. So you get the picture. The thing to remember is that she is doing this for her boy who without this protection is more likely to die than live. Wow. I want to say that again. Remember, mama is doing this because she understands that without her protection, her son is more likely to die than live. So the second aspect of mothers who protect us is that they are good hiders. Somebody say, I'm a good hider. A good mother who sees the potential in you can hide you to the world real good. And she's hiding you to keep it alive. Come on, mothers who hid that money. Oh, you know husband was going to get it. You know the children was going to get it, but you hid that money. And then when it was needed and husband come crying, oh no, what we going to do? Mama say, don't worry about it, baby. I get Where you get that money from? Because mamas know how to protect what matters. She has the power to keep things alive. Keep on breathing, she'll say. The text said that Jochebed hid Moses for three months. In other words, the text didn't disclose the details of where she hid him because that was mama's secret. Uh, Parents practice a known form of espionage for not just family, but for people and things they can see have the potential for a bright future. That's why women are so great at being able to buy into the vision of others because they can perceive things that the natural world can't and then they can conceal it until it's time to be born. A good mother will say, not now, boy, sit down. A good mother will say, not now, your time will come. A good mother will know how to put parameters, barriers, boundaries, and restrictions on your life. Thank God for the restrictions. Come on. Thank you, mama, for telling me no. Thank you, mama, because all you were trying to do was keep me alive. Hallelujah. Ultimately, ultimately, though, Moses got too big and she couldn't hide him any longer. And she had to give him up in order to keep it alive. I'll say that again. Moses grew too big. She couldn't hide him anymore. And instead of mothering him, smothering him, she had to let him go so he could stay alive. She had to give him up to keep him alive. And sometimes a good mother has to give it up because it is better off for now 
without you than with you. A parent sometimes has to let go of the control and be able to do something different. You've got to find another way to conceal the children that you see promise in. Now, I'm not saying let go of the promise. I'm saying let go of the way you're hiding them. Come on, walk with me. Jochebed put Moses in the same river that should have killed him. Oh, let me talk to you here. Mama said, I can't hide him no more behind this uh, wall. I can't. You see the Egyptian soldiers are coming around. Uh, they eventually are going to find him in my house. So I can no longer hide him in my house. Oh God, listen. Sometimes mothers can hide things too close to home and eventually it's going to be found. And women have to learn how to hide things in other places, which means you have to let go of it from your house and let it live and breathe somewhere else. God, I'm preaching here. That's all right. You don't have to say amen. But Jochebed learned and she made this tent she, or pitched it, pitched a little cradle with, t- uh, uh, p- pitched it with a uh, salve with, with like tar in, within and without and said, I'm not going to let Pharaoh kill my son in the river. And she puts him in a basket, sets him in the river that should have killed him. And see, when you operate by faith, you try stuff that don't make sense. Faith will direct you to let him go. As God told Abraham, he said, look here, uh, Hagar and Ishmael has caused you enough trouble. Sarah and, 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 and Hagar were fighting in the house. God said, let Hagar go. In other words, he says, I got Ishmael. I got him. Abraham was like, but what about my son? He says, I got him. In other words, keep the promise alive by letting some things go. God, I'm preaching to somebody. So watch this now, because, because she was able to operate by faith, she understood that there was a miraculous event that could take place. Now, this is found in Exodus 2. You can read that on that on your own. So the very crate, the very cradle, the basket that was in the river, the kiss of God. Here it is. God said, here, Jacobin, because of your faith, God, woo, because of a mother's action of faith, God says, I got you. So the kiss of God was when the Pharaoh's daughter uh, found the baby. So watch this now. Pharaoh said, kill the boy, but Pharaoh's daughter found the boy. Notice, notice, notice. It is a woman who found the boy because a woman protects. Had it been a man, the boy would have been killed. So God sent another woman to understand Jochebed's plight. Oh God, which helps to understand the concept of matron of honor. That you have people in your life who can relate to you and understand the power of the predicament you're in and help you protect the promise. Uh, woo! If you stop these cat fights um, and learn how to partner up with some real women, uh, they can be a help to you instead of you being insecure thinking they're trying to steal your man, job, money, or kids. Uh, so the kiss of God, watch this, when Pharaoh's daughter found the baby, uh, Pharaoh's daughter was not engorged. She 
couldn't nurse the baby. She said, I'm going to take care of the baby. And she said, I need somebody to take care, to feed the baby. Well, bless God, guess who she got to nurse the baby? (laughs) They called, we'll find the baby's mama. (laughs) They went and got Jochebed. So even though she released her son to the river, God called her back to her son to continue to nurse her son who she could no longer hide in her house. (laughs) So she was able to nurse her son somewhere else but the reality is she still got to be with her son is anybody getting this right now So Moses ends up becoming a prince in the palace of the men that determined to kill him. Oh my God, watch this. So Moses then grows up, watch this now, and he becomes a prince in the city, in the kingdom of the Pharaoh that wanted to kill him. Oh God, mothers who protect us. (laughs) That even though Pharaoh was afraid of their takeover, remember Pharaoh was afraid they're going to take him over. And so you got all these Israelites um, who are in Egypt and even though Pharaoh was afraid of their takeover he failed to understand God's power because we learn in the scripture that the Bible says the more Pharaoh afflicted them as slaves in Egypt the more they multiplied (laughs) so Pharaoh was going about it the wrong way Pharaoh was trying to stop the Israelites from becoming a great army by killing the boys. (laughs) But what he should have been doing (laughs) is not afflict the Israelites because the more he afflicted them the more they multiplied and I want you to know there are some mothers who understood that the devil is out to kill my son but the harder it gets for me (laughs) the more God said he's going to multiply me in other words a mother won't stop at a threat oh that's all you got that's the best you got is a threat. That's the best you got. That's the best you thought that that, that my my son is not gonna live past eighteen. That my son. Oh, watch, watch me, watch me, watch me. In other words, mothers do. Watch this. Mothers do whatever it takes to keep the promise alive. Thank you, Mama, for doing whatever. Mama will go without eating. Mama will go without a new pair of shoes. Mama will go without the big house. Mama will do. God dog it. How many times? Times has your mama sacrificed so you could have school money, lunch money, new tennis shoes, fresh new sneakers, a new shirt from it wasn't Target back then, it was Sears, maybe Woolworth or the flea market. Come on, somebody, talk to me. Let's just take a brief praise break to thank God for seeing something in us we couldn't and for doing whatever it took to give us a fair shake at life. Thank God for your mama. Thank God for your mama who sacrificed. So even though Moses could no longer be hid with his parents, guess what 
even though Moses couldn't be hid by his parents, he was still being hid in Egypt. <laughs> a grown man who was living hidden above ground. <laughs> because the truth is, the promise that Jochebed saw in Moses was that Moses would be the liberator <laughs> of his people from the oppressors in Egypt. So Moses got to stay alive. <laughs> Because the only way we get out of here is because Moses carries the mantle. Woo! Woo! So she did what she did because she knew there was purpose behind your child. And mama or daddy, if you look at your kids without purpose in your eyes, you are killing them softly every day. You've got to look at your children like they mean something. You've got to look at them like they matter, like you see a future and you see a promise. You've got to stop castigating them and demeaning them with foul words. You've got to speak positivity and life in them. I'm getting off target. Sometimes to be hidden is for our own good. I thank God for mamas who have the power to conceal. Finally, 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 mothers have a third strength of protection, and that is they defy. A mama can defy like nobody else. A mama can grow into defiance mode and say, oh, okay, 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 let me take these heels off. Okay, 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 that's how we doing? Okay, 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 that's, okay, okay, that's the letter you sending me? Okay, that's the pink slip you got for me? Okay, okay, my son can't get in your school? Okay, okay, I'll be down there, schedule me an appointment with the principal. Okay, okay, that's how we doing it? Okay, okay. The text said they were not afraid of the king's command. In other words, I'm defying. Ooh, come on, come on. Look at this. I'm just, I'm defying what the king said. Why? Because my son has a right to live. Mothers defy what, uh, woo, they defy racism. They defy police brutality. They defy the laws of prejudice. They defy what the rules say. Jochebed didn't fear. Jochebed didn't fear what the king's edict said. She had determined in her mind that she wasn't going to let her boy die senselessly. And we thank God for the mothers who protect us, who wake up every day and saying, I ain't, my, mama, my, my child ain't going to die not on my watch. And in 2022, we need more mothers with defiance, not more twerking, not more popping and dropping it like it's hot. You know, have your fun. I ain't against fun. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. But protect the boys. Come home at a decent hour where you know where your boy is. Keep your phone on so in case your boy call you. Keep your text messages up to date so you can text your son. Always have a vehicle or a partner with you who can take you to your son in an immediate situation. I can't tell you the amount of times I flew all the way to New York City to step to somebody who was at my oldest daughter. Don't play with me. I'm telling you now where my, my baby daughter is. I got people sitting on ready and proximity to where she is and I ain't even in the state. I'm telling you, you got to know how to get, you got to be able to defy, defy what the odds are against you. It ain't likely you going to college. Defy the odds. Mama, you will go to college. You go to 
UCLA, Berkeley, Irvine, wherever it is you want to go. You can go to LA, Trey Tech, you can go wherever you want to go. Don't fear the facts. Don't fear the facts. Yes, the numbers are daunting. Yes, it doesn't look good. Every time you turn on the TV, somebody's shot. The killing in Chicago is ridiculous. Our black men are falling. They're dropping like flies everywhere. But here's what I'm saying. Don't fear the facts. Just do what is right for God, not man. Sometimes we exist trying to do the right thing for man. Let me tell you something, boo. Man is out to get you sometimes. If you play by their rules, the end result is death. How many times as we have a culture have trusted in man and they let us down? Woo, woo, let me flip it. I'm telling you, you got to put your trust in God. And mothers who have protected their sons have always put God above man. Mama has trusted God before husband. Mama has trusted God before lawyers. Mama has trusted God before police officers. Mama has trusted God before lawmakers, Congress, Senate, even the Supreme Court. Mamas have trusted God over the years despite the statistics. They have defied the odds and said, on my watch, I will take care of my child. So you have to be able to defy the rules in spite of your fear. Now I'm in no way saying mothers should break the law. That ain't what I'm saying. That ain't what I'm saying. But when the law, come on, I'm talking, Pharaoh was the law. It was the law that was trying to kill them. I'm telling you, you got to defy the laws that say you don't have, your son doesn't have a right to be a man of promise. You've got to defy that wickedness. The Bible said, the apostles said, it is better for us to obey God than it is to obey man. So when the law is trying to kill your future, you have to be smart. That's all I'm saying. I ain't saying break the law. I'm saying be smart with the law. And mothers, matron, women of wisdom and experience have learned how to navigate through the laws. Come on. Whoa. Don't let a mama read a contract. She'll find a loophole. Don't let a mama read what the principal, well, our print, our school policy is. Well, this policy don't say that. Mama knows how to read between the lines. Mama is smart enough to know how to get there. But when the law is trying to kill your future, you got to be smart in how you hear it is act a c t mamas know how to act when the law don't act for them here she understands that she's got to protect her child so that means not always being the goody two shoes and volunteering extra info i remember the first time i went to court <laughs> here i go waltzing in the court goody two shoes oh man of god i'm gonna be honest and tell everything well i basically handed the devil everything they needed to crush my skull. I learned very quickly, oh, if they don't ask for it, if they don't demand it, don't give it to them. And sometimes you do more harm to yourself by trying to do the right thing when the people you're doing the right thing to or for don't care about the right thing. So that's why we have protests and that's why we have marches against the laws in order to show in unconventional ways that we will not tolerate you shutting down our rights of being people of promise. It's like trying to have 
have a rational conversation with someone who isn't rational. That ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. So that's like me saying, I'm just going to walk up to Capitol Hill and say, you know, as a black man, I feel like I'm being ostracized. I'm not being fairly treated. And that you think Congress is going to change a law because of you. Mothers have got to learn how to defy the laws by becoming wise in how they deal with the law. In other words, you've got to learn how to act within the law without giving the law what it wants. It's like, oh my God, I wish I had people who understood. To defy means you aren't afraid. That means you've got to have courage. Mamas have courage. Come on. How about the lion? I need courage. Courage. To defy means you are not afraid that you won't let police brutality unnerve you. That's what a protest in the street is. When they're coming at you with with uh, 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 smoke bombs and batons and and water hoses and and dogs because somebody's got to define the laws. Thank you for great activists like Martin Luther King. In other words, you don't let the law keep you from standing up. Woo! You don't let the law that's trying to put you down keep you from being uh, stood up. Instead, you're going to teach your sons how to act. Come on, there it is. Act. A-C-T. You're going to teach your son how to act. Here it is, son. Look here. When you're in this certain area, you can't be doing all this. You can't be a... Listen, when you're around these people, you can't be doing all that. When you get pulled over by the police, here's what you do. In other words, I know we've done all that and we still got shot, but you still, on your watch, got to train your children how to act and how not to be in the wrong places at the wrong time so much because mama knows they're trying to kill you boy mama is trying to keep you from the party or she said I'll come get you at 10 because she knows after 10 trouble starts <laughs> mama knows I got to protect my boy does mama care about you being upset mama be like nah oh you got an attitude boy go to bed <laughs> why because mama says I'm not interested in you just making it through tonight I'm interested in making you making it through 90 100 years and being somebody powerful mothers who protect have to have courage. They can't be afraid of the odds against them. They know what's best and they just do it. If Jacobed had given in to Pharaoh, oh my God, Moses would have never led the people out of Egypt. The people of God would never have come out. And then therefore, we would never have been able to hear the gospel because the people rejected Christ and Christ made it open to us. That never would have happened. So thank God for Jochebed who protected her son. So I conclude with this homage to the mothers who protect us. Here it is. I give you this, mothers. It's from Proverbs 31 and 28. Her children, the text says, her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also heave and praises her. Everybody gets up and says, Mama, you somebody special. A mother who protects us deserves the spotlight. She deserves to be the point of focus by 
my choice. She deserves the, the flowers. She deserves the candy. She deserves to be the focus, listen to this, by choice, not by the obvious. In other words, she wants you, she deserves to be intentionally treated a particular way. After her nine months, even of carrying you in the womb, she was protecting you from infections. She was protecting you. She she can't even go places. She can't even drink stuff. She can't even eat certain things. She got to watch how she sits. She got to watch how she lay down. What is she doing? She's protecting the... Woo! Come on, mama. You telling me you don't want to celebrate your mama who for nine months protected you in a womb? She started her job concealing us from the world of infections and everything not good for us. So like the children and the husband of the virtuous woman in Proverbs 31, we rise up and we call you blessed. You blessed woman. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you for hiding us. Thank you for seeing something beautiful in us and doing whatever you could to keep us beautiful because the world wants to make us ugly. The world wants us to judge one another and tear each other down. The world wants us to jump on social media and cuss at people and call people out, but you want to see us beautiful. Mothers who protect us are on a mission not to see us destroyed. So let's stop killing our men, folks. They have enough to fight without wives trying to destroy their husbands. They have enough to fight without hurt exes who want revenge on the man. Even families killing each other, killing the men in the family, black on black crime, etc. A black man has a higher probability of being killed without your help. (laughs) Let's help them live and not kill them. The beauty of this is that most mothers who protect don't see it as a job or a mission. They see it as a calling. Come over to Big Mama's house here. Big Mama kick in. Big Mama run out and she will scrap with anybody who touch her grandbaby. Grandma go up to the school with her purse and her slippers on and be like, no, no, sir. You ain't talking to my son that way. My grandbaby. So it is an honor today for PC and Breath for Change Church to bestow on you this honor of blessing. It is an honor bestowed on women from God to protect the men who grow to fight to protect them in return. And I say that in conclusion that the women are protecting men so that the boys can grow up to be men to protect the women who protected them. Are you getting it? Women are survivors so we can survive so we can help all of us survive. They protect us so we can grow strong enough to protect them and have more children. And then we become this raging army. Like God said to Ezekiel, he says, do you believe these bones can live? Ezekiel said, oh God, you know, I'm saying God is looking at us and saying to all men, he knows you can live. He's told Ezekiel, 
Ezekiel breathed on them. He breathed on those bones and they became a stand-up army. He put muscles and flesh on them and breathed in them the breath of life. And God is saying, through your mother's protection, God is speaking to men everywhere saying, you're going to be all right. You will rise up to be an army, a formidable foe that God will use to make a difference in the world. Do you not know who the head of many of our, most of our civil rights movements and protests are? Mamas. Mamas who have lost their children to senseless violence. Mamas who have been the brunt of domestic violence. Trayvon Martin's mom, Sabrina Fulton, she stands at the front line for justice. Oh, Ahmad Arbery's mom, Wanda Cooper Jones, was at the courtroom. She was on the news sessions talking about how justice had been served. I talk about Manifa Bandelay, the senior vice president for MomsRising.org, a nonprofit advocating for women, mothers, and families in Brooklyn, New York. Base mom of two, Manifa Bandelay is a longtime activist working toward police reform and with the Black Lives Matter movement. Come on, Dr. Jasmine Johnson, a doctor, a physician, activist, and mom of two. Keep noticing, mom of two. From Durham, North Carolina, Jasmine Johnson, MD, is fighting on multiple levels. In her work, she cares for women with pregnancy complications and works to bring attention to racial injustice in healthcare. Dominique Jordan Turner is the CEO of Chicago Scholars, a nonprofit that provides low income or first generation college students with mentoring and counseling to succeed in higher education. Look, they hit in every area. You hear me? Anita Kopax is a spiritual psychologist, a writer and an activist, a mom of three based in Nyack, New York. She's also on the board of the Center for Safety and Change, a nonprofit serving victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, and other violent crimes in Rockland County, New York. And one more, Aisha Bell Hardaway, a law professor at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland and a mom of two. Aisha Bell Hardaway is also a co-director of the Social Justice Institute, a nonprofit that provides development and learning opportunities to social justice educators. And the list goes on, boo. I can't call them all because you want me to stop a host of other mothers who've got children who have opened up nonprofits and businesses who have marched in protests, who have stood by lawmakers, who have fought the good fight, who have spoken up when they were told to shut up. Today, we grown folks give our mothers a chance to be protected by us. We men now should stand up and protect the women who have protected us for all these years, for their years of faithful protection. We ought to do better at protecting the women who protected us. Well done, moms. You are indeed a matron of honor. So for all the Sarahs, for all the Jacobites, for all the Marys and all the Elizabeths, all the Ruths and the Naomis, we say we're alive because of you. (laughs) The mothers who protect us. Thank you. And happy Mother's Day. I'm PC. And that's all I've got.